0: Hello, and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast with Mike and Laurent. It is Tuesday, June 15th. In this episode, Scotland gets shicked, England live in a world of hyperbole, Spain, Spain. But first, Mike, let's talk about something really serious. Tell us your feelings about Christian Eriksen and what we saw in the Denmark-Finland game. We like to keep things lighthearted, but this was one where sport was second, third, fourth, and fifth uh, in our minds. But uh, tell us how you felt with, uh, with uh, the Erickson. Uh,
1: terrified. You know, I mean, in the way that he goes down, I watched a lot. I watched the replay a lot. Cause I was like, what the fuck happened? And, and frankly, I was trying to hope against hope that it was something other than his heart. Right. I was like, no, yeah. he had heat stroke. No, he had." I'm come. I'm not. And I'm not saying I was playing doctor. I was like, making shit up to make it sound less bad than it was but it was just horrifying um yeah a couple really important things about that first and foremost um you know i i am going to pronounce this guy's name wrong simon the the captain of the denmark team simon kiar i believe kiar um right jumps right on him because he falls over he's sort of on his side and he puts him on his back he makes sure he doesn't swallow his tongue like he was on his shit he didn't he didn't administer CPR right away, but he like basically like made sure he was some, like somewhat stabilized until the people could get, you know, across the field to him.
0: And then he recognizes the sort of privacy moment, right? Yes. Where he, they form a shield around Erickson. They even hold up like blankets or sheets so that no one yeah, can see Yeah, that, that was on. this,
1: one of the scarier things for me that, yeah. Like, yeah, you know, that nobody was like, this wants, guy might be dead right now.
0: Yeah, because there's CPR going on. And yeah. then between he and Casper Schmeichel, they take care of Erickson's girlfriend slash baby mama. Uh, They're not married, but they have kids, whatever. Uh, And they, you know, because she's like, my guy is going to die here. And he, you know, in the aftermath, the players didn't know if they just had their fucking talisman and their guy who was going to get them through uh, die on the pitch.
1: I mean, that was legit. So we'll talk about the players and, and the, the decision to play on in a, in a minute here. But I want to stay in, in the moment because it, it was cardiac arrest. Yep. That they confirmed that earlier today or yesterday. Yep. Uh, it's just a guy. Okay. For a second, think about this. He's 29 years old. He is a professional, world-class professional footballer, which means he has Olympic-level fitness. Yes. And he – having literally no signs of anything. Now, the interesting thing, obviously, I have an intimate appreciation for Christian Erickson. He's one of the best Spurs players to ever wear the shirt, frankly, uh, but certainly in the last, you know, 15, 20 years. Um, And there were seasons, his last year at Spurs, he played every game. Every game, every tournament, every game, every, every, everything. And he was just a horse. And, you know, part of the reason he left was, you know, Pochettino sort of ran him into the ground, not, you know, not literally, but he, yeah. he, he was just. Yeah.
0: Because- now he literally ran himself into the ground. Well, yeah. Like literally at this yeah. point, I and- think the thing that to, to, to take a step back with Spurs was that they would try and rest them. The team would be completely disjointed, unable to create anything. Yep. And the thing Erickson would do, and I posted this on, on our, on the squeaky bum time chat, uh, in our group is He wouldn't do a lot, but what he did was incredible. It was a touch, a flick around the corner, a hold for a moment, and then a release. It was these subtle things where he was on the ball for fractions of seconds and completely changed games. Yeah, right. And uh, he—that's aside from his—that's—and that was the thing because he wasn't—he wasn't a runner. He wasn't a—he wasn't big and burly. He wasn't Hoiberg. He wasn't Sissoko. He He was. If you look at the
1: stats. If you look at the stats of how much he actually ran during the match, he ran the most, he was all over the pitch, right? It was a pressing aggressive, you know, high up front team. He actually did, but the optics sometimes where right? he would sort of, he would be walking or something. And it wasn't that he was lazy. It was that he was reading the play and getting into the right position or like had said, a so- heart
0: murmur and didn't tell anyone.
1: Well, maybe, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, so, so that whole scene was jarring. I was talking to a good friend of mine um, who is a, is a doctor and what he was saying and this is before anything had come out he was saying that his friends like his group chats with all of his doctor friends who are far more successful than us um they were appalled at how long it took to administer cpr and i was like really now keep in mind it was the far side of the field right i mean they they hauled ass as best they could and that what they said was and and the interesting thing was we'll get into the media coverage in a second but like it took from the time he hits the ground it takes about 90 seconds for them to administer CPR. Now I'm not criticizing anybody here. That's factual. That's right. Like, that's basically what had happened. And when you think about that and, and how precious every second is in that situation, that scares the shit out of you, you know, 90 yeah. seconds goes by. And and so the fact that they were able to get him back and they did confirm he was dead on the field and they got him back and they had the defib, they defib him Right. And they, they gave him one jolt. and he came back and it's just, it's it's it it scares the shit out of me and and I I loved this guy for years and it has nothing to do with how much I loved him he could have been the best player or the worst player he left yeah. on bad terms it doesn't matter you think about y- yourself right like Daly Blind was playing for ne- Netherlands yesterday or today yeah I don't even remember anymore but he uh, yesterday he had had heart problems and he was a friend of Christian Eriksson's, from their days at Ajax, maybe I think. Anyway, yes, um, Ajax. he was he was shattered. He was just bro- broken down in tears, right? And so, getting back to that that counter, right? I thought the media coverage was so interesting. Um, it was good. There will be pe- there will be people who will criticize. You know, you can you can show the the you know casper Schmeichel consoling his wife who is beside herself she might be losing her you know christian erickson blah 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 boyfriend whatever uh yes i understand but you also if if anybody's going to cast a stone here and if you're going to be reactive on social media you're going to freak out about shit put yourself in that cameraman that producer that play-by-play man shoes for a hot second
0: tell people what's going on
1: right and so it's not like there's a pitch invader where you're like oh yeah some sh- shit ends on the field again uh hold on and he got tackled and the game's back underway. That was a, a traumatic event. Thankfully not for or traumatic. And frankly yeah, newsworthy, but but yeah.
0: It's it, tricky. It just, like you don't want to show the leg break three times, right?
1: Right, it's very it's not. It's worse. It's very similar though to like the Dak Prescott injury or like Joe Theismann or so, you know, something like that. It's it's just it was impressive it was it was wild, and so going back, you know, and and I have a long-standing history on the show of bashing ESPN. I thought that they did a really good job. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, in the moment, did. because there was just such such gravitas and such.
0: I, yeah, you know, yeah. I think I think you know you in shoot right on places. ESPN, for and that I read it and whatever. The fact of the matter is, it is still the primary sports brand in the United States. They still have the biggest coverage. They still have the biggest sports Mm -hmm. and you know, whether, whether we like it or not ESPN FC is on every day. It's the only soccer show you can watch every day. Right now. It's not a YouTube channel. Yes. There are YouTube guys, but most of those guys are like us. They're sitting in front of a green screen talking shit and good for them. They're doing awesome too, but ESPN has still has a little bit of juice. Now do they cover man United, Real Madrid, Barcelona every day? Yes. And does Craig Burley get mad about talking about the Ballon d'Or? Yes. And does he shit on Seb, uh, on Sebby, Sebastian Salazar all the time? Yes, and it's great. But in this case, Salazar is hosting. He's being very glum and like, holy shit. They have Christian Fuchs on, who I'd heard on Men in Blazers several years before. He's a big fan of America. He's going to play, I think, in the MLS. I'm not sure, uh, soon. And he was really good. He was on giving player perspective. I thought so. I just... I was just glad that uh, Diego Daniela that uh, one of the Italian guy is not on there. He's terrible. Uh, Cause I can't understand him. Um, but Burley was in the moment. Like he was just, he was shook yeah, he was. and they let it roll and they did not cut away. And they stayed there for the 20 minutes of, should they play? Should they not play? Fuchs is like, this game should be over. What are we doing? Yeah. And then they pop out after 20 minutes, which is somewhat insane. When you think about it, the guy almost dies on the pitch and they're like, got to play. Uh, well, okay, but, but they so, made it, but they made a decision, right? They well, had so to going do back to,
1: I wanted to expand on the, the ESPN thing because like I was saying, you know, there was controversy about whether they should or shouldn't have shown what was going on, the replays. He could have, like I said, he could have had a heat stroke. He could have, it could have been anything. But so they showed it and they went, oh, fuck, this is really bad. And they cut that. And like then you said, they went back to studio. They went to that, that round table, like living room scenario where they yeah. brought in Taylor Twelman and Steve McManaman. And I thought that Twellman was the guy who that I mentioned like the 90 seconds before. He went back and he was telling. He counted how long it took. And he was just, he was flabbergasted by, you know, not, and again, he wasn't criticizing anybody. It was just authentic. And it was in the yeah, moment. Like everybody was like, it's
0: how long it took. I'm counting.
1: Yes. Right. And so he's like, you know, if this is what's going on and we're all speculating, but if this is what had happened, then this is, this is horrifying news. Right. So yeah. um, I thought it was so, so interesting. Thankfully he was awake before he left the field. He was, you know,
0: the thing is the thing that was, of okay. the thing that's amazing about it is what color was he? He was chalk white as though someone who died. Like yeah. the pictures of him, he looks like a yeah. blood came out of him because it did, right? Mm-hmm. He looked yeah. Yeah. really, really bad. And it's making but, me
1: sick thinking about yeah. it, really. The
0: weird thing is, is, you know, ultimately, you know, Kajar and, and the rest of the team, they were basically put an ultimatum in the locker room and told you can play today, play tomorrow, or take a 3-0 forfeit. Yeah. And that was hey. what they gave him. The PR from UEFA was bad, saying that the players chose to play enthusiastically, basically. Well,
1: for, and now again, whatever it's PR spin or where, from what I understand, Erickson spoke to the team at the hospital because he was awake when he left the field. Right,
0: on FaceTime. On That's, FaceTime. I heard that same story. And I,
1: listen, take it for what it is. um They played. There is no correct answer most yeah. importantly okay yeah. they could have played today uh, that game that day they could have played the next day they, are they going to be any less shook that their teammate almost died i don't, I don't know. know you know like it does it does a, a night to sleep on it make it anything better? i think we're speculating and sort of splitting hairs it was a traumatic event and it's going to continue to be a traumatic event yeah. i i think about it and i and i get sick a little bit yeah so they play the game uh, the game actually was just before halftime when this had happened. So right. they, they go into the break, two minutes, they go into the, like a five minute break yeah. and then they come back out. Um, and you can, first of all, Denmark is a team that is run completely through Christian Erickson. That is his team. So,
0: it is. He's, it he's is, the bail. Is. He's the bail equivalent. Although uh, Denmark's probably better than Wales, but still.
1: Oh, I was going to go the other way. I don't think they have the supporting cast that Wales does, but nonetheless, uh, if you take that player off the field, they're going to be worse, significantly worse. Now, significantly. If, but if you take them off the field in the traumatic fashion by which they, it happened, I don't know how anybody expected Denmark to get a result out of that game. And so, Finland, who is playing in their first European championship ever, correct? Correct. Uh, they get a goal. Because uh, uh, ni- nice, Schmeichel
0: just makes a mistake.
1: It's a nice goal, but yeah, Schmeichel makes a... It, I hate to... It they hit him in the, it's a re- reactive.
0: Yeah, he fucked up somehow.
1: Yeah, he didn't He didn't make as clean of a save as he would have liked, and it squeaks through him, and it's 1-0 Finland.
0: Yeah. He normally and makes that save, though. I would agree.
1: Um, and I don't again you don't put yourself in these players shoes like you can't but like i don't i don't buy that in that moment he messed up no it the, makes for a better save.
0: narrative like oh he was thinking of erickson and fucked yeah, up. yeah yeah no he i mean he wasn't thinking about 150 percent on football but you know whatever so, right whatever
1: and and the well and the difference is that uh they kind of get thrown a lifeline right there was a horrible horrible penalty call in the late later in this game yeah. and P- our boy Hoybier steps oh. up and he has a really, really poor penalty. Yeah, uh, and it's stopped by Finland and they lock it down and they escape one nil. So um, it's, it's extremely unfortunate that it was a historic win and goal for Finland. And it's just sucks that it's in the context of everything else, completely a footnote,
0: but it, yeah, the it, game doesn't yeah. matter, but it matters because they got to keep playing.
1: Right. Right. And so, you know, I think about just wrapping up the Eric's and stuff, like I, it, it, his
0: career could be over. In fact, Oh, it's he, over. His career is over. You could argue
1: it should be over. And no, because
0: no team, no team would, it would hire him because if he dies, you'd have to do it without any insurance. You'd be like, no, I'm not insuring him. There's no, nothing. I know. I, I know. They have and, to and, clear it, him like quadruple cleared, cleared, cleared. Um, yeah. But let's let's, after that sort of deep note, let's sort of go through the games, right? Because we our show came on the day of the first game. First game was Italy versus Turkey. Can I just say, uh, Mancini, the whole Italian staff in the fucking gray suits, they looked incredible. Like, just Italians, just stop with the fucking suits. They look <laughs> so good. And he looks like a movie star and he's tanned. And American coaches look like fat guys who got off a golf cart and and, and are trying to wear less suits. And the Italians are like, no, 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 we're going more suits. Yeah. So they looked incredible. Italy was really good. Turkey was disappointing. We, we thought they'd be a little bit better, but again, these teams that play defensive, they just, again, I just think Turkey doesn't believe they're in this class, even if they might be better, right? I they mean, had, look.
1: Italy walked into this tournament as one of the aggressive favorites, and they showed up in the first game. Yeah, but scoring
0: three goals—they haven't scored three goals in like four years.
1: Well, okay, hold on. But they scored three goals, but two of them were late on, right? So it was kind of like,
0: sorry, that's not true. Italy scored a lot of goals, but they had eleven against the Faroe Islands and nine against the Maldives. No, I know, but what I'm saying is that doesn't count.
1: They got they got a they got an own goal. A, a good bounce, and so then the game opened up, right? right so but they, they were got kind an of own doing...
0: goal on a goal. That's a goal, right? His no, own goals, and then his own goals, right? Sure, but what yeah, I'm saying yeah.
1: is the game opened up after yeah. that. Uh, Immobile and Insignia, they they added that on, but I don't think Turkey was ever really up for it, right? They then you they 36% yeah. possession. So I'm and we, really...
0: we 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 switch on to Switzerland. Switzerland always pretty good, but never good enough. But this is they're better than Wales and the xg showed it they they were ahead in this game uh but they couldn't pull it out uh wales with the late draw on an incredible set piece play three touches into the striker kiefer who's plying his trade in the championship cardiff
1: okay He's so had his first thoughts. 20
0: goal season with the freaking band bandage on and finland and wales like they do they squeak one out in baku so
1: this was the first of several incredibly entertaining games. And it sucks yeah. that we had, we obviously had to lead with the Ericsson stuff because yeah. it's the biggest story, but this tournament has been super fun. And there's been yeah. at least one game a day where it's, and there's been clunkers and we'll talk about that too, but there's been at least one game a day where, the, and this was the first one we like, this is awesome. This guy, I mean, I'm Kiefer Moore and this is my introduction to him of course, but I mean, he is seven feet tall and, and yeah, watching Bale fan. interact with him gave me vibes of him and Peter Crouch, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, it was awesome. And I, I just, all I kept thinking was why uh, when I saw him, I thought Olivier Giroud and mm-hmm. I went, why doesn't a premier league team have him on their side as a super sub come in 65 minutes. He's a horse and he just out muscles and uh, throw the ball in the air. Reminds me of, of well a- the
0: the the reason for that is is that teams figured out it it is for, uh the in between the sort of change of pace. The interesting thing about Kiefer Moore is, first of all, he's not from soccer player country. He's from Torquay, which is basically like beach resort town. How he gets found, I don't know. He he's huge. plays. For- he plays for his local team in Yeovil, which you probably don't know this, but Torquay and Yeovil about one town over from each other, which is odd. And he works his way up. He plays plays in the National League. This guy has come from literally nowhere, <laughs> yeah. like in the National League, which is the lowest, which is the fifth level of England, then goes to Ipswich on loan. Doesn't really do much. Rotherham has a big season. Barnsley, we know that's the Billy Bean team. They probably found him and we're like, you're big you're not bad. So that's one of those analytics things, finding uh, that he plays for Wigan in a team that had a 10 point deduction. They go down, but he helps them. Actually, they, it was unfortunate that Wigan went down on a deduction. And then this year with Cardiff, he scored 20 goals playing three, over three and a half thousand minutes in the championship. That means that dude has been playing every day, (laughs) twice a week. Yeah. For (laughs) 18 months. Right and he's 65 but he has a very strange middle name I'm very excited why is he Kiefer Roberto Francisco Moore <laughs>
1: Find out we'll we'll, we'll come we'll up have on to look that, that up. next episode yeah <laughs> But
0: um, the, uh, the 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 Swiss play well they keep the possession but Wales has a good fighting spirit there's no yeah. doubt that Wales has a good strong team spirit they have guys that have been that have been playing together for a long time specifically I think about Ramsey, Joe Allen, and Bale, really long-term connection with each other. Uh, Ben Davies as well. These are guys that have been the core of this team now for their whole kind of like run, making the Euros four years ago, now five years ago, having that semifinal run. You know, a great tournament play, what I think people don't understand is it's worse than regular play. Like international football is, the quality is lower than the champions league or barcelona like barcelona destroys all these teams well yeah you, 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 you get, get to bind the, the teams team together team. right yeah. To, yeah yeah you get to build your so,
1: team at barcelona so you get what you do, get
0: right these teams live off of long-term muscle memory of a guy who's played with a guy that he sees once every four months and and for tournaments especially mm-hmm. smaller countries where they have smaller uh selection pools the guys who play for wales will play for Wales as a unit for 10 years, right? Sure. Unless they have a really good crop of players. So the Wales team is strong. It's tight. You see the best version of Bale. He can really get out of that Madrid bullshit, get out, of, get out of the, oh, he doesn't run enough, get out of that stuff and really just be appreciated for what he is, which is a guy you can give the ball to, and he just simply makes things happen. So your Wales pick is doing well. Uh, Belgian dispatch uh, russia pretty easily no de bruyne he didn't travel but belgian is one of the favorites of this group lukaku is um lukaku is good he's, he's good. hitting his peak form and
1: yeah, i thought he's really really good so they they you know they put one on russia three nothing but russia gave the game away right so in the what 10th or so minute yeah, a they couple gave, big they, mistakes they, they couple big mistakes but they gave Lukaku a goal, which by the way, and getting back to Christian Eriksen, he you know he did uh, a tribute, ran over to the camera, said "I Glass. love you, buddy." Um, I, I, the other there's so many other elements. To this there were three, three maybe maybe more teammates of Christian Eriksen, Lukaku currently and and yeah, Vertonghen son and, as well. Well, I meant in this in game. Your, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Vertonghen and Alderweireld who.
0: Grew they're very, very close, right?
1: Yeah. talking. and Alderville played with him again at Ajax for mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine. Yeah. It's just
0: intense you know? relationships that these guys have that we, yeah. especially this last COVID season where guys literally didn't see their families and just saw each other. Right. They. Yeah. Uh, and then we have to sort of go into England, 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 uh, England win one nil on a Raheem Sterling goal. They really come out hard in the first 10 minutes uh, Phil Foden nearly scores he was an incredible phenomenal. goal. Uh, Foden, sorry, Raheem Sterling, who's literally f- from three blocks from the stadium. And he said, I'm at Wembley, I'm fucking scoring. Uh, he played great. The big change here was uh, more the, the Calvin Phillips play. It was you,
1: Calvin Phillips. Thank you. I was you waiting for
0: it. If you didn't watch Leeds, which most of you didn't, uh, even though I told you to watch Leeds every goddamn week, he is their holding midfielder, plays if you're familiar with pre-last season with City 17, 18, 19, he plays that role, (laughs) the Fernandinho role where he's just in front of a four and they play a four, one, four, one. But with England, Southgate really unlocked something where he was using the wingers, uh, Foden and, and Sterling as decoys in a way so that they would run and sort of hold up the ball. And when they came towards their defenders to sort of support, he would have the, the midfielders charge forward. Right. So it was very deceptive uh, to support Kane, this really flexible uh, 4-2-3, 4-2-3-1 with Kane up top. But it was really good. And Trippier is really good now. Having played in Spain and played with Simeone, he got a different education, right? He started at City, had that sort of early City Academy education, then Daesh which is like a different version oh my, yeah, than, yeah. than Pochettino, which is another version, like a BLCsma, and then Cholismo at, at Madrid. So this is an English player who's getting a really diverse education in football, and it, and it helps England. Um, because, you know, Trippier and, and Walker actually played narrow and played. England was diverse, and I don't think Croatia, Croatia's not there anymore, right? The Kovacic, Modric, Brozovic, you know, they, just, I they just didn't have how... the gear.
1: I forgot how old Modric is when He's I 36, right? Yeah. 35. And, yeah. and he did look good. Right. I, I think Croatia he took a shot was, early to let yeah, people know he was there. Croatia was okay. Yeah. Uh, but England were good and, yeah. and England deserved to win the game. And, and, and so they did, but yeah, I mean that, that shot off the post by Foden. I just, you know, I mean, yeah, you're I am lover. not a Manchester city supporter at all, <laughs> but I love me some Phil Foden. I really <laughs> did. And I was happy to see Raheem get a goal. I was. Yeah. Yeah. Cause uh, he gets
0: killed. I mean, when England play bad, And this is, we just have to say it. There is this undertone of the players kneeling and some people booing. I don't think they're all racist. I just think they're just like, get off your fucking knees.
1: let's explore that. So there's something weird there.
0: But then Raheem does get the brunt of racial abuse because he tends to get in positions to score more than anyone else does and miss more than anyone else does. And when those misses add up and you lose, he's the one who gets murdered. Sure.
1: Sure. Absolutely. I mean, and it's Normal. It's normal. It's true of most any prolific attacker. You expect them to score every time if they're in the area and they have the opportunity. Um, but it does seem to focus a little bit more on Raheem for a particular reason that I yeah, can't put my. Yeah. Finger I mean, quite and on. he
0: did a really good job, and he got he got um, knighted for his uh, sort of work in the racism world yep. and like raising awareness because he started showing articles from the Sun of like this is what a young black player for England headlines are. And this yeah. is what a young, wh- and he had like five different instances of like, they've talking about who buys a flash car for his mom. And the other one goes, look at poor old Mason Mount, buying a car for his mom who worked so hard. They yeah. just do it over and over again. Yeah, and you're just yeah. like, Hey, my geez, uh, you're not helping. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Sterling is from Wembley, basically.
1: Yep. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was a nice goal. Well taken. Um, it was well taken. It was
0: shockingly well taken, but he did <laughs> remind us he's Raheem Sterling later on when he had a shot that was wide open that Kane let him take. Cause Kane probably should have shot it. And Raheem shot it like to his house mm-hmm. in Wembley.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> but You know, the England fans were up for it. It was nice to see England playing well, the hyperbole because we're such premier league centric fans our sort of sources are premier league is just like, it's out of control, <laughs> and it then really is. they sort of segues into um, into Scotland playing because you know it's still the UK, and we'll sort of get into today's games. But we're Scotland gonna being the last one.
1: But we're gonna talk about that and a couple of incredible, incredible goals right after this. Um, hey, Laurent, did you know that I'm getting married this year?
0: I did know you invited I, me. It's uncomfortable.
1: I know. I <laughs> am. I have to think about it and deal with something else every other day. Uh, flowers, invitations, uh, just DJ—all the expenses. It's an incredibly Do ridiculous. clean underwear? Too. No, I don't even bother anymore. Okay. Um, but so it, there's just all of these bills, and it can be overwhelming. Um, but you know, our friend uh, Joe at Attitude of Gratitude Consulting. Oh, the guy to. who
0: helps me with my family problems yes, about exactly about the same Joe. saving a saving saving me
1: oh yeah I, I hit him up you know I've been talking about trying to figure out you know you, you put it last week about putting you know finding money in the couch cushion sort of thing but it was effectively trying to make sure that you know we don't overextend ourselves right we want a, a lovely affair but at the same time we got to do what's right uh, and do this the simple and smart thing in some cases as well so um, it's been great talking to him and having him kind of talk me off of a ledger two or four thousand and uh you know, he's, he's been un- unbelievable. Uh, I can't recommend him highly enough. Uh, Attitude of Gr- Gratitude Consulting is the name of the company, www.attitudeofgratitudeconsulting.com. Uh, please visit it. Uh, give our friend Joe all of your attention if you have any different concerns, whether it be children, wedding, any type of financial concerns you have, uh, he's your guy. Uh, he's been great for all of the CHOP Net Sports Network, uh, you know, different podcast hosts and all that stuff. We can both vouch for him personally give them a shout. Attitude of Gratitude Consulting.com.
0: Yeah. And uh, as you know, I've been talking, you know, if I'm going to your wedding, I've got to be ready. And the uh, the gang at Sunflower Meadow Seasoning has been providing me with all their amazing seasonings to help me get through my, um, my keto diet. Uh, they've found the right ones that mix to me. What they are, Sunflower Meadows is really like a a really cool supplier of different seasonings. They send you these amazing packets and give you the recipes to put things together from beer nuts to dry rubs to whatever, slushies, dessert mixes, anything you want and in a cool way to spice up your meals so that they're a little bit different. Sometimes, you know, when you're in the middle of these kinds of diets or fads or whatever, you're just dying for something to connect with you, and at Sunflower Meadow Seasonings, they will provide those things for you. And uh, I recommend that you go to the site at sunflowermeadowseasonings.com. They have wonderful, a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful mascot that's all over the site. Tell them I sent you. Go check it out. It's the cutest thing you'll ever see. I'm not going to give it away, but it rhymes with uh, no. I'm not even going to give it away. It doesn't rhyme with anything. But yeah, check out Sunflower Meadow Seasonings. They're out in New Jersey. They're helping us out a lot, and down in Woodbridge. And we're looking forward to getting more stuff from them. Back to the games.
1: Yeah, and so uh, I want to. We're, we're. I want to break the cycle a little bit. We were going through the games and all that stuff. There already have been two and almost three. We'll talk about the third one later in the show.
0: Well, we talked about Foden's was pretty
1: badass. Well, okay, so almost four then, but two ridiculous ridiculous goals uh which one you want to start with
0: i want to start with schick because i know yeah uh schick is a player for um uh, in the scotland czech republic game schick and scotland is at home this is a big deal this is scotland's first tournament since 1998 they're at home in handham park the home of rangers uh and they're playing well schick plays in germany he's this he's their talismanic he's young he's pretty handsome Actually, he's very handsome. Jesus. He's I very just, handsome. I just looked at his picture. And he picks up a ball and a little bit of a turnover in well, the. Well, he had
1: already scored.
0: Yeah, he had already scored. But this second goal is just, he's what? 25. He's maybe oh, 10 yards from the halfway line. I think the just,
1: measurement I saw was 48 yards away.
0: Yeah, and he just drops it right into the goal. These are, they don't seem that incredible until you think about how often they happen. And they basically never happen.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's like, it's so on average, like once every year and a half, I'd say. Yeah, every two years. The
0: last one was Rooney, I guess, was one of the last ones. Kane did
1: it in the preseason against Juve. That's the last time I remember it, but yeah. yeah, Rooney
0: did it at Everton uh, against, I think, Crystal Palace. So, you know, you get the, the goalkeeper running around going, oh God, oh no! right and he drops it over his head but what's what's your goal what were you on about
1: yeah um I mentioned when we were going through the Ukraine um, before friend. before the game uh, before the game started on our last show uh, our Andre and I think of him because at in his days at Dortmund he uh, had terrorized spurs and he scored a very similar goal to what he did the other day and uh it's one of those where he play, He's a left-footed winger comes off the right and he just stroked something past Loris. it was one of those where like we scored an early goal at wembley and we're like all right we got these motherfuckers and like bang right back and i was like oh and i never forgot this guy's name because of that. i didn't know who he was before the game
0: but well un- the, the thing the thing with yarmolenko is one he's glass he gets hurt all the time. Yeah. And that's
1: what I said on the last show.
0: Gigantic and built like a center forward, but mm-hmm. he is a tricky winger. Like he plays yeah. more like Riyad Mahrez than uh you know, who's a good one? Chris Wood. He looks like Chris Wood but plays yeah. like Riyad Mahrez. Yeah. So yeah. he <laughs> he's kind of got the quality of uh of Iron Robin in that. He has one move and that one move is a nuclear reactor left foot that he fires all the time, no matter what. If you're open and you're on side, he will not pass to you. He will not pass to you on Tuesday. He is shooting that shot every time, all the yep. time. Uh he's currently on West Ham and he's a breaking case of emergency player for, yeah. for David. For David Moyes, who's just like, you know, you could do some running. <laughs> you could probably close some guys down. He pro- David Moyes, uh of 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 uh of West Ham fame, probably sees him and goes you're a big fucking unit of a lad. Go fuck someone up. What yeah. are you doing? And he's like, nope, I'm just going to do this thing that I do. But when he does it and it works, you're like, nice, awesome. Is he, so wait a minute.
1: He's Ukrainian Lamella. That's yes. what he is. <laughs> Holy shit. He's, wow. I never thought yeah. about that. Um, but yeah, so yeah, he's in that a game, he's just uh, getting the actual games, right? So Netherlands, uh, they're playing they, Ukraine. They battered them. They're the, yeah, they're the heavy favorite here. They had 62% possession, strong performance from the Netherlands until it wasn't. Uh, they go up 2-0 in the 58th minute. Wout Weghorst uh, puts them up 2-0 and they think, you know, we're, we're done here, right? Um, Jarmolenko scores that absolute screamer. Uh, again, cutting in off the right, curling it around the keeper. And all of a sudden... Ukraine has life so much so that they tie it four minutes later. And now Netherlands is, is shitting their pants, right? Um, <laughs> yes, they it really was. It was pants. a frenetic second half, five goals in total. Um, yeah. But Dumfries gets the winner in the 85th and yeah. uh, and Netherlands sort of, they escape with a win that they deserve. It was kind of, it's a very, very strange game. Right. And that's kind yeah. of where, you know, Laurent was saying earlier.
0: Um, I don't trust them at all.
1: No, I don't Oh, Of course not. But what They're I They're mean,
0: a just, mess. Gen- the reason. W-
1: with international play is that like this shit can happen because it's, it's far less predictable because the, the ebbs and flows are, there's
0: only a few games for you to drop. The thing is, is that the Dutch played without any structure. And that's the problem. Like it was through the midfield. No problem. This is a, this is a Dutch team. That's got Wijnaldum, Uh, Darun, and De Jong in the midfield. They should never get run through in the midfield ever. And they were just like, Oh, okay. Let's just, let's fuck. Let's play like it's in the park. Let's fuck around. Oh, there's a guy named Zubov. Oh no. Zubkoff. I just, I had, I oh, have memories of, of Sergei Zubov. <laughs> <My, laughs> Brian Leach's partner on the power play. That's Very right. important cog to the old uh, New York Rangers Stanley cup winning. Absolutely. The greatest Which was moment of my life. Yesterday, uh,
1: <laughs> Technically, 27 years ago. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: Don't talk about it. You didn't um, see. Uh,
1: I was six <laughs>
0: My is not six. I know, I know. <laughs> uh so so the Dutch get through. I don't trust them. People there's a weird thing with the Dutch. Everyone wants to love them and doesn't really think about the fact that the country has 15 million people and hasn't actually been good for a while, but they live it lives on on total football. It it really is a testament to style over anything else and the Dutch have been married to a style even when they don't have the players to play it their weakness right now is they don't have someone to score goals although Weghorst has scored like a hundred goals in the in the in the Bundesliga he's worth looking into as a player but you know how those 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 Dutch strikers are you know can't Pontus yet where's Jansen is he somewhere in Jansen yeah he's in Mexico (laughs) Yeah. yeah that basically means if for a European if you're in Mexico you're basically dead yeah you're on a yeah, beach yeah which you're listen, hanging out
1: you're getting paid to play football and you're but very grateful to be doing to, it
0: to be fair the netherlands ukraine game was probably the best game it was the most fun game uh let's get to a less fun game spain nil sweden nil See, what no, did I, I,
1: I thought it was an interesting game i just it's a... spain, spain come on spain,
0: spain it's morata it's this Possession, possession, this. possession. They just don't have a finisher. They still have all the class. They have Coque and Pedri and Dani Almo, and they have all the players, names that you know, uh, even Americ Laporte and, and, and Marcus Llorente. All these guys are champions. These are the champions of Atletico. Half the team is made up of players from Atletico. They still can't finish. It's just shocking. I would think that I would not touch Murata. I don't think he's going to be their guy. I just don't trust him at all. Even if he, I know what we always say with great strikers who don't finish. We had this with Werner who actually did help the goal in the champions league is they do all the other stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but I can, can he just score? I don't care about the
1: opportunities that, that Murata gets it's comical at this point, you know, and watching Spain, I didn't see a, a lot of the first set, but I did get the highlights. And then I sat down for the second half. Jordi Alba was like playing four positions.
0: Yeah, he's always playing four positions.
1: Yeah, it's I know. But funny. like, if you've got this much talent on the field, I just, I understand he's making runs forward, but the only, it was like the, the guy in FIFA who has one move. He kicks it out left to, to Alba and he crosses it in to try and basically play a pinball and have it f- yeah. fall to somebody's feet. Now, to be, there was to be, no structure whatsoever yeah. in the midfield.
0: Not to be fair, the Swedes, this is what they do. Oh, absolutely. Man of the match was Viktor Lindelof. Just They just kept everything out. The Spanish are small and the Swedes are not. And they will batter you and eventually get the goal. Uh, I know I didn't watch all the full highlights, but you said that my guy Isaac had a shot and almost scored...
1: this is the third of the three goals that I thought were almost goals. Um, he finds himself on the edge of the area with three Spanish defenders kind of closing in on him. And he does this kind of like pirouette, like Roy head feet. fake. Yeah. And he loses all three of them. Oh, and he crosses it across the, the six-yard box to, I think, Berg or uh, Lars. I'm not actually sure who ha- – who uh, a
0: Larson generic Swedish-looking white guy, okay? Well, they and all he, look amazing in their pictures. Oh my and God. And he duffs what? it
1: from oh. six yards and he just doesn't even come I thought watching it live, I was like, oh, the defender got a touch on it. Nope. <laughs> nope. The guy just, just,
0: the guy just, and this is it.
1: like 70th minute. This is three points on the line for Sweden here. So I'm looking at this. I mean, Spain had an aggressive, insane amount of possession, something like seven. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. 80, no, 86% possession. Yeah. That, that, and they still, show, for my money, Sweden should have came away the winner here. It was, uh,
0: yeah, but I, 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 call, I, I called out uh, Alexander Isaac, he's playing in Spain, he, he could be the difference maker. Granted, that would have been Zlatan's spot, Zlatan probably would have found a way or been yelling at his teammates. But you know, the, the nice thing about the European Championships is there's a lot of parity within the group, I wouldn't say because. We do have one strong team in France, but they're the French and they're already fighting and they generally implode once every third cycle. It's true. (laughs) Right. Right. So in 2002, 2002, they imploded. And then in 20, after winning in 98. Right. And then in 2010, they completely imploded where Mm -hmm. the team, where the players went on revolt against the coach (laughs) and guys left. Uh, so, But they're back up again. They have the best structure to create teams. And then Germany's down right now basically because they didn't have the guts to fire their coach, which is what they should have done. Yeah, They needed a, a new voice. And I think where they are right now is they've still a lot of guys from the World Cup in Brazil on the team. He hasn't been able to do what, frankly, is the most difficult thing to do in sports, which is take your Mullers and take your Hummels and say, you're done. Yeah, but you can only do that is if you play better than you did without them the problem is they're playing worse so he had to bring them back in Muller's had two incredible seasons with like 25 assists it helps to have Lewandowski be the person converting them but you know Muller has never been a classy footballer he kind of is in places and does a weird touch and his his he's had a bad haircut his whole life and clothes look weird on him. He's basically having Shaggy as your leading player for 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 Germany. He's like let a score to go because right? that's he's kind of a that's hillbilly that, German.
1: That's that meme too where it's like like the like he yeah. tells like a dad joke and he's like well
0: yeah uh, yeah because that's kind of, he's kind of a dork. Yeah, right. He's not cool. He's not Cristiano at all. He's like literally the opposite of Cristiano.
1: He is the anti-Cristiano. But he's a
0: world-class, all-time great international player and one of Germany's greatest. And they had to bring him back in. And so Germany's a little bit shaky. Spain, we know, is possession, possession, beautiful, 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 beautiful. No finishing. I think Mm -hmm. you know David Villa would probably still be better than fucking Morata, wherever he is. I think he's in Queens, which is a purgatory in and of itself.
1: (laughs) Soldado, bring Soldado back.
0: Um, sure why not any of those guys but uh yeah and and so it's kind of wide open when you think about your sweden denmark england's a little bit better but not that much better no no pedigree of doing great sweden denmark uh you know spain's down italy is okay but been poor lately this could be anyone's tournament anybody gets hot a goal scorer comes up and what i'm trying to drive at is it's a one goal one player getting hot you can win it Absolutely. happens. Or oh, without question. Get, like super duper team spirit and you're super defensive and you get a Greece or you get a Denmark 92, like we spoke about before, or even Portugal last time, like that team had no right to fucking win no. the final with no Ronaldo.
1: Um, so I, I, for my money, there's four, Call it giants, right? This is a question posed to us in 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 our Squeaky Bum Time Facebook group. Which, if you're listening to this and you haven't joined yet, please do. It's a lot of fun. Uh, All we do is sit there and just kind of talk football pretty much all day. Um, Mm. But so, okay. For my money, there's four "quote unquote" giants: Uh, Italy, Belgium, France, and I would tournament or all time in this. No, in this tournament. Okay. And I would say those are the three that I would lock in. Uh, the other one is some weird combination of now, I would say after that performance, England or Portugal or France,
0: Well, we don't know um, how Portugal are doing.
1: We yeah. don't, but, but, so that, but that's my point is that there's, there's three with like probably one Romer around. We don't really know France is, but it's, you know, where, um, so you look at this field, and 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 later today, match day one will come to a close with Hungary, Portugal, and as you mentioned, France and Germany in Group F. Um, who are the giant killers that you
0: see out there? I I still think that within within Group F, I still think that Portugal have a team spirit, and they're a forgotten group. There was some chatter that they're unoverrated. I'm like, they're not overrated. One they were European champions Two, They got better. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The only question I have, and I don't know if they have a new keeper. uh, Patricio had a bad year at, at wolves. I don't think they did. And, uh, and if, and if, if he's, if he's in goal, that worries me. There is a little bit of long in the tooth in the midfield. You have to see if Neves can still do it, how they fit in all the attacking talent and still play. Ronaldo is a problem, but I love Diaz and I love font two defensive warriors who give zero fucks and will take you out and they will prevent goals from happening. And then, you know, this team spirit is still pretty strong. So that means that between Germany, France, and Portugal, there's going to be a team that's disappointed. And I think that the weakest of them is Germany because they have, yes, they're Germany, but their team spirit is pretty poor. And are they going to play Werner up top? Are they going to play Mueller up top? I don't know. They usually find a way. But they're not a good defense, and yeah. I think Lowe is in bad shape. Uh, I do like, from a giant-killing perspective, Sweden were good in the last World Cup. I, I'll, I'll just put a flag on Sweden just because. Okay. I like that. Just for fun. Uh, you know
1: mine was we on our preview show. Uh, it's the Thomas Suchek love. I, I've got the checks. <laughs> I, I upsetting some apple carts here. Um, <laughs> They're in a weak group.
0: They can absolutely, you know, take down Croatia.
1: You know, no, problem. and the, and that's the thing is that uh, if you go back just four or five days, I had Croatia winning the group, and I now know the error of my ways. But I did say the Czechs would come in second in this group, so mm. um, I'm I'm big on them. And similar, okay. I know it's only three games or whatever, but it, it there are parallels to a longer Premier League season, right? Where it's like. Win the games you're supposed to win, and you'll be fine.
0: You really right? need a win and a draw, and you're through.
1: Right, and they've got they've got it essentially. They've got a two nil win over Scotland, so they've got the buffer on goal difference. Yeah. I mean, frankly, right now they're top of the group technically yeah. on goal difference, and they're yet to play Croatia and England, their two hardest games. But if you look at that, you go, okay, if they get one point from those two games, then they're most likely at worst going to be one of the third place teams that makes yeah. it through.
0: Yeah, and one w- nice thing, uh, shout out our friends. Uh, Chris, Sean Foreman and the sports reference group that I always shout out. And, you know, we'd love to love to connect with them, but they've already got in the Euro page for uh, at FB ref. They've already got the best third place team rankings already. So Aha. Wales right now are there without Hungary having played because they have a draw and a goal. <laughs> <laughs> right, And yeah. Sweden have a draw and no goal. Oh, so God. I just
1: remembered that the tiebreakers are going to be total goals for third place teams, isn't it? Something's going to be goal difference and then total goals. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Buckle up, friends. It's going right. to be so silly. Yeah, it's uh,
0: going to be super close. Somebody who's fourth, fifth, it's going to be like, I need to run up the score. I need to score two. Uh, whatever Uh, we do have to give a shout out to Chari, our friend, uh, who pointed out his boys from Austria, Marko Arnautovic yelling, uh, slurs to the North Macedonians (laughs) in his, in his native tongue of Serbia. Uh, loved it. Loved, always loved Arnautovic. He's a maverick. He's a weirdo. He's probably racist. I don't care. Uh, he was fun. He was fun at West Ham. Uh, he's the kind of guy you, 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 like, you know, it'd be a fun season if, Barđavić well, was on Spurs and he's the, <laughs> in, instead of instead of Lamella coming on it's Arnautović. You don't know if he's oh going to get a yellow and you just get him.
1: <laughs> or, or if he's going to shiv somebody. Yeah. Um he I love the guy. I've always loved him. Wh- whether you like him the thing is is that about Arnautović he is a character that you watch, right? The, yeah. we we shouted out Men and Blazers last show. I'll do it again. Their their big joke over the running season is the Premier League script writers, right? Because there's yeah, yeah, yeah. this this dramedy unfolding in front of you over 38 matches, um, and and six, seven months or whatever. Um, he was a supporting character in yeah. a sitcom or a drama where you're like, that guy. Every time that guy shows up, I kind of move to the edge of my seat a little bit, right? <laughs> well, it's I mean, just he's,
0: he's, goals. He's, he's, just, he's, he's, he's 29, He's now he's playing in China, barely playing, so I don't know what's happening there, but uh, I love me some, I, I was happy to see one of our characters. And we know what's another thing, you were talking about script writers. I was just thinking about the NBA and how, why don't they just make a reality show that sums up every week of the season? Like not a magazine, but like a real reality show. They all want to date a fucking Kardashian. Anyway, might as well just <laughs> make the NBA a reality show yeah. anyway, with Feels like it already and is. the teams, but, but better like an actual produced show. Yeah, 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 You get an hour of footage and kind of run it uh, as the season's going along and make it more interesting. Somehow the premier league has managed to do that without being so weird. But there's so few teams you can really you really get to know other teams. That's yeah. one thing to remember when you pick a league. There's no, no teams no leagues you have more than 20 teams. It's mm-hmm. not like the U.S. where you're like, what? This is the 32nd team. This is so fucking <laughs> get rid
1: of them. So the- we will we will speak to you again on Friday. Uh, I guess yeah, Friday morning. Mm-hmm. And on before then, we're gonna have a whole. We're, we're basically going to be halfway through match day two. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be really, really fun. Friday is going to be Laurent's favorite day of the tournament. Scotland, um, England. <laughs> we are going to have Scotland, England at Wembley 3 PM. Eastern. That's going to watch be a- it.
0: Watch it because it should, although the sad thing is, is that England is going to do another 30 days of lockdown. So it wasn't going to be full capacity. Otherwise yeah. it would have been full England. Oh, uh, they, were, the lockdown, they were gonna do. are going to do, they're not going to do lockdown. They're just, no, no, not no. Gonna they're not, do- it has
1: nothing to do with COVID. They, they're doing a semi-lockdown so they don't fucking kill each other, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, but we'll talk a lot more about that yeah. on the next episode. Um, Turkey and Wales is a really, really pivotal game. Uh, it's Turkey effectively – it's, uh, it's, a, it's a knockout game for Turkey now. If you yeah. go down 3-0 in the first game, you need a result, and you can get one with, against Wales. Don't get me wrong. Um, Italy-Switzerland is going to be a fun one um yeah i I think that there's a few games we mentioned austria we didn't talk a lot about them they're gonna have their their first really big test well that's arnavich
0: he'll come through
1: (laughs) no no that's i mean like they're they're taking on the netherlands so there's a lot here um so much fun so yeah we've got six more games eight more games between now and when we talk to you next um the thing i'll leave you all with is get involved with it like the, the north macedonia game was interesting Okay. Because Pandev has
0: been playing for the team for 20
1: years. Yeah, exactly. There are storylines. There are narratives. There are, there's results and, yeah, it's, and twists it, and turns. It, it has, it tale. has the,
0: has the quality of the Olympics in a way where there's a story on every team in yeah, a way, and you can make terrible. a story for all of them. You know, sometimes the world cup has been famous for the shitty teams, right? Like South Africa in 2010, everybody just loved them. Oh, and the freaking- that goal against
1: Mexico. I thought about that yesterday. I yeah, love that goal. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, let me just uh, let's let's just wrap it up. Uh, that was the Squeaky Bum Time podcast with Mike Salerno and Laurent Cortines. We are the football wing of the Chop Sports Network. We record on Tuesdays and Fridays, so be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're listening on Apple, please rate and review the show so we can have more lunatics listening to the show. Mike, the first episode. It
1: is, but I'll give you one last chance. France and Germany, who do you got?
0: I've got the Maginot line being overrun uh, <laughs> by, the, is. by the Panzers. Uh, hopefully, no, France is going to annihilate Germany this time. This time it counts. It's going to be Verdun all over again. Uh, <laughs>